0: Big news from UNH and the Wildcats coming up next on the Seacoast Sports Forum. Sherm Chester, along with Sam Bruno, and our special guest today, I'm going to give his whole title, the Associate Athletic Director for Marketing and Communications, Mike Murphy, joining us on this edition of the Forum. Michael, welcome back.
1: You know what? It's great to be back,
0: gentlemen. Thank
1: you so much. It never gets old. Uh,
0: I, wish, I wish we had a, a more upbeat show to do today. I'm going to go right and use my pet phrase, the elephant in the room. Uh, the UNH Wildcat spring football season uh, was uh, suspended. I guess that's the term that we're going to use uh, and, and kind of surprised a few people and probably uh, disappointed a few, including the coach, Coach Mack. Uh, tell us some of the background of that. What happened?
1: Sure. I mean, if you want to go back to the fall and we did on this show, the idea was the entire CAA, the entire FCS. Well, I shouldn't even say entire, because there was some football at this level, division one FCS played in the fall, but by and large, the CAA, the league that UNH is in, opted to postpone the entire fall season and try to play in the spring. And, It wasn't the full schedule. It wasn't going to be 11 games. It was going to be, in New Hampshire's case, six all-league games in a very tight window. Our first home game was March 5th, and the final game of the season was scheduled for April 17th on the road at Maine. So to give you the full rundown, we played that first game against Albany. You guys were there. It was freezing. Great game. Heartbreaking finish. But I remember waking up, it was a Friday night game, and I remember waking up Saturday still feeling pretty lousy about the loss and saying, this feels better than the alternative, which was not playing. Well, then there was a bye week, which was scheduled, and subsequently the Wildcats' next few games versus Delaware. The week of the game turned out, because of COVID protocols, and the program, the game was postponed. The following week was supposed to be a road game at Villanova, COVID protocols, the game was postponed. As we talk on April 9th, a week ago today, I was at Wildcat Stadium for a men's soccer game. Similar situation, playing in the spring instead of the fall. And the football team the next day was going to get on a bus, go play at Rhode Island. And the team was doing its walkthrough, which is, you know, to just to get deep into the weeds. Usually you practice hard all week and by Friday you have the game plan. And you just kind of go get out there, loosen up a little bit, not a hard practice, but still there's players out in the field, not a full team. And I get the phone call that there were enough, you know, they're hoping for these positive cases to come down and get better news so they could play the game. But results of tests came in while the team was out there, the healthier players, and there were enough that could not get back on the field. So the Rhode Island game was postponed. And then this week, We finally got to the point where with the Stony Brook game was next, a home game, and um, the cases just weren't coming down enough. And it wasn't just every single person was sick. If you had a roommate who was sick, and then you were uh, quarantined for 10 days, I think by now people are starting to understand how the, the contact tracing works. And with only the Stony Brook and Maine games left, the decision was made to forego the final two games of the season. Disappointing, yes, as you pointed out, Sherm. And as Coach Mac said in his statement, sometimes the hardest decision is the right decision. And even with all the efforts to follow the COVID protocols, the virus got in and just hasn't been fully uh, eradicated for the Wildcats to play.
0: Who made the the ultimate call, the ultimate decision to suspend the season or suspend the games?
1: University. Uh, well, athletic department, I should say. You know, Coach Mack, Marty Scarano, yeah. they talked certainly Marty would call president Jim Dean to explain the situation Mm -hmm. a lot more eloquently and more detail than I just did. Um, but president Dean understood, gave his blessing, I guess as yes, I understand safety of the athletes is the number one deal. And so that was the, that was the call.
2: I'm curious, Mike, about the other teams in this Northern division for UNH, um, are they, other than playing UNH, are they completing their seasons or have other schools? I know Albany, I think, has eliminated this season. Anybody else?
1: In fact, now, Sam, the entire North Division is gone. So U Albany, which beat us in that game we talked about, they were the first to withdraw from the season. And theirs was not really COVID related so much as injury related. Their, their coach said he looked around and he had so many guys banged up and there was only a handful of games left and said, that's it. We've got to start preparing for the fall when everything is hopefully, knock on wood, back and ready to go. And then after UNH's decision, the next day, Rhode Island announced it wasn't playing its final two games. And that essentially did it for Stony Brook and Maine, which uh, ended their seasons because the North Division only played against the North Division and there was like no opponents left. So yeah, now the CAA is the the Southern schools. It's, It's still important that they're playing. James Madison as you guys are well aware, they're number one in the country and they've had a number of games postponed. This isn't a UNH problem, but it it has hit the spring college football season worse than it hit the FBS in the fall. And yes, there are schools that didn't play, but they got through, as we know, there was a national championship game. Uh, It's just unfortunate that the CAA North won't be part of what happens from this point forward.
0: How does this affect the seniors that will be graduating in June?
1: Well, the NCAA came out earlier in the season to announce anybody uh, who's eligible at a certain level. If you're a junior this year, you're a junior again next year. That's football, field hockey, soccer. So the eligibility of the student-athletes was not they, – they weren't going to spend a year just because of the uncertainty. Some athletes opted out. I'm talking nationally, not necessarily at UNH, but some teams opted out. So because we just didn't know, the NCAA tried to take some pressure off by saying – Next year, you can have your same year of eligibility again. So, in the case of football, with fifth year seniors already, you know, football traditionally has guys redshirt as true freshmen, meaning they may play up to four games, but then they can come back the following season, still have freshman eligibility and be redshirt freshman. So, you have five years to finish four. Now, you have six years if you so choose. Now, you still have to go to class, right? So, yeah. if you've already graduated and you want to go find a master's that's great if you didn't have plans to go for your master's and want to get out in the workforce the idea of coming back may be um, less attractive and then the other part of this is scholarships there's only so many scholarships so it's easy to say all the seniors are coming back next year but if you also had an incoming class of freshmen and sometimes you could have 15 to 20 in certain cases with football well you don't suddenly, voila, get 15 or 20 new scholarships available. So what Coach Mack and the program did, they only offered, I believe, don't quote me, but I think it was like two scholarship players as incoming freshmen because he was anticipating, hoping, that he wanted the seniors who wish to come back, and certainly they want them all back. The team's got a lot of loaded, talented seniors, so they could all come back and play again in the fall of 2021. And so far only one has announced he is not coming back. And it's too bad, but it's understandable. Uh, Brian Carter, who's a co-captain, defensive end, terrific kid. He's literally trying to get his career started. He has job interviews this week. He stuck it out cuz he wanted to play, got the one game in, but uh he is, you know, looking for. He's been working in, in, in Dover, um part of his internship, Dover Middle School. He's been teaching the kids how to do pickleball and all these things and he's that's how he spent the uh the semester when he hasn't been playing football is, is working with kids and physical education.
2: Mike, I'm curious about the month, uh, the next month between April 10th and May 10th, will there be football activities now or will it be like spring practice till then? Or is football done? Are they turning in their pads? Yeah. What
1: coach said this week was the team had the option to keep doing football activities until what would have been the final game, April 17th. As opposed to as Sam's referencing, usually in the spring, you have a whole bunch of practices with full contact and evaluation period, and it would culminate in the spring game, which was usually early May, and we'd be like, so happy, right? It's a, a Saturday, blue against white, you'd see UNH players, especially freshmen you hadn't seen compete before, and we'd watch the exhibition game, and then everyone gets ready for finals and goes home. That's not the way the spring looks this year. So the team had the option of continuing practices until the 17th. But Coach said in his final press conference, I I didn't feel right. So they've stopped the football activities. They're going to say, you know, get healthy, uh, get yourself, get your finals done, then be able to go home, spend some time, regroup. And let's hope that when everyone comes back over the summer, it's to prepare for the first game September 4th and a full schedule that looks like what we all want it to look like.
0: If I understand what I've heard on the news in the past few days, uh, as far as the COVID uh, vaccinations, the, the age limit's down to 16 now here in the state of New Hampshire. And if I also understand it's open to anybody in the state, because this was a, 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 an issue brought up about students at the various colleges being eligible, even though they were out-of-state students. So I guess the, the uh, governor has decided that everybody student or not can have a, have an injection as long as they're 16 or above. So uh, is that going to be something that the UNH uh, faculty will be encouraging the students to get their vaccinations done prom- promptly?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, it was a week ago and I was standing in line for my first shot and it was an hour long line in Concord and I was more than happy to do it. My son was with me. He's 19. And I had an email on my phone that said UNH announces that next week, On campus, there will be vaccination sites. But if you already have an appointment, don't change it. I'm like, well, I'm in line, so I'm not. But this week at the Whittemore Center, there have been people getting vaccinated. And as you point out, the only hiccup was that. Being a college campus, there are a lot of kids who are not from New Hampshire, but they wanted the vaccination. And I credit whoever I need to credit, right? The governor and the university, whoever the powers that be that made that extra step to allow out-of-state college students to get the vaccination. That is currently what is happening here in the month of April.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, the college uh, system statewide, uh, getting together with uh, uh, the governor and his court- coordinated team up there in, in Concord, uh, uh, that seemed to be the right thing to do. And uh, obviously, uh, it's too bad it couldn't have come sooner, but it's better now than, than keeping it rolling down the line here.
1: And, yeah. Um, And, you know, uh, it should point out, UNH men's soccer is number 11 in the country, highest ranking ever, uh, trying to win the championship for the third year in a row, trying to get to the NCAAs for the fourth year in a row. Our women's soccer team is playing, field hockey is playing, track and field. So it has been a worthwhile endeavor when you think of all the sacrifices people have made. Mm -hmm. Unfortunate what happened with football, but it's gratifying to see so much competition here at a time when normally we wouldn't have as much. We'd have lacrosse and track, but... Uh, seeing so many sports still going has been uh, a bit of a respite from the real world. Uh,
0: I I was going to say, you, you've been announcing uh, hockey for years at UNH and uh, uh, they had a lot of hiccups during this past season. The basketball team had a few uh, stops and starts. Um, So I guess take from your perspective, how, how you, you got a season in both basketball and hockey, but what, 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 what was your take there?
1: Yeah, I thought it was great that the season happened. And yes, there were stoppages and we've even seen it with the Frozen Four. I mean, UMass, which represents Hockey East, is playing in the National Championship game. But there was no bubble. So during the time off before they got to the Frozen Four, four different players tested positive. Their starting goalie who played basically every game couldn't play in a national semifinal last night. So the backup goalie comes in, gets a win against the two-time defending champions, Minnesota Duluth. So... That's how everything's got this weird feel about it because of COVID. And that's how it was with our basketball programs, our hockey programs. So we didn't have the season we wanted. And in particular, I feel like hockey had so many stoppages and you get players back and they haven't had ample practice time. So you're trying to get the chemistry back. But I think to a man, they were very happy. And on the women's side, to a woman, they were happy to have a season, be able to compete even though it wasn't what anyone had in store.
0: One of the UNH Wildcat hockey players I want to ask you about that uh, is moving on is Angus Crookshank. Tell us uh, you know, your feelings about Angus.
1: I love Angus. Uh, I, I Believe me, I'm biased. I, I'm, I'm lucky to get the chance to know a lot of the student athletes, some better than others, and Angus is one of those. Uh, his name has always been fun to say. He's always been, and, and Coach Mike Seuss, I'm going to steal his terminology, he's always been like an ambassador for the program. He's the person you want In the university commercials, which he's been in, you want him speaking to the media because he presents himself so professionally. You know, he's he's got an aura about him, Uh, and he was a tremendous scorer, a really fun player to watch. Made our team better, so you hate to lose players like that when they have eligibility coming back. Not unlike the Brian Carter story, but in the case of Angus, you know, with your college hockey player, a lot of them get drafted when they're eighteen. And so the Ottawa senators have had Angus Crookshanks' rights. doesn't mean they told him you must come up here, but with everything going on, he looked around, you have an agent, you talk to your family, coaches have their own opinions. And uh, I remember talking to Angus the week after he made his choice to leave school and go up to Ottawa and start his career in the AHL. He said even his, his mother gave him the best advice, that this is your choice. Yes, there's pros, there's cons. Um, You could go back and get back into college, and we would have loved that here at UNH, but he made that decision. He scored his first career professional goal the other night, and he probably fell uh, during the celebration, so people have had some fun at his expense, but I I think it's great. I wish him nothing but the best. He did UNH proud, and I hope he's one of the many to make it to the NHL soon.
0: Uh, I'm sure you'll be hearing that name, Crookshank from from some some uh, pro, pro uh, announcer, maybe, hey, maybe a guy named Murphy. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no one's
1: called me. Uh, hey, but never- I, I I remember, as I said to Angus, we, he had a four goal game this year against UMass Lowell. It was our highlight of the season, I'd say, because the fourth one was an overtime game winner. And, of course, it gets on social media. You, you know how it, got, it gets viral. And all these Ottawa Senators fans were all over it. And it was my call. And you know, I was lucky enough that my voice is on there. But just every time you see an Angus Crookshank thing, I, I feel like somebody else is going to get the chance to call your goals. Now no. Angus. That doesn't make me feel good, but I, you have to let go. Sherm. it's tough. Sometimes you have to let go.
2: The ultimate call is going to be when you can go and watch a game that has a Crookshank and a Van Reamsdyke in it.
1: Oh yes. Or a Pesci or a Fogle. <laughs> I mean, we have, I was some years ago, the gymnastics team was competing at North Carolina state for the league championship. And NC State's arena is like the Carolina Hurricanes. And Brett Pesci had just left UNH. And so, you know, text message, hey, pal, how about a couple of tickets? Next thing you know, I'm watching the Carolina Hurricanes against the Minnesota Wild, who you referenced earlier. So it's good to have these. Uh, I, I remind these guys, when you make it big, especially in sports, <laughs> don't lose my number because I, you know, it's nice to come see uh, new events and new arenas. And Brett hooked me up that day. A, a lot of UNH guys happen to be, on that Carolina team, but Trevor Van Riemsdyk, like, James
0: Van Reemstike.
1: Yeah, it's always neat. Max Gildon, hopefully, he'll be a Florida Panther soon. And then Angus in Ottawa.
0: That'll be fun to, that'll be fun to, care, you know, keep, keep watching their careers blossom and just think you were part of it when they were just getting their feet wet, so to speak, or their skates wet.
1: <laughs> just by watching them, we're all part of it, right? You know, you can, you can, once a wildcat, always a wildcat. That's why I'm, I'm always, you know, Ellie Purrier and what she has done you know setting the american record for the fastest time in the mile and then the fastest time in the 2 mile and then th- that she's willing to come on our little UNH podcast and remembers that I used to hassle her for interviews when she was here you know she hasn't forgotten it and I'm I'm hoping she makes it to the Olympics and you know she was a national champion mm-hmm. from little old UNH and and that stuff is really remarkable and and that's why it's so fun to do what we do guys when we watch these
0: events. I want to ask you about the 603 challenge. Uh, give us a thumbnail of, of, of the UNH involvement in the 603 challenge.
1: This is the Super Bowl of fundraising at UNH. So it used to be right around June 3rd. So it played the 603 into not only the calendar, but also our area code, but it's five days. So today being April 9th happens to be the first day and it goes through the 13th and it is the time where you reach out to every alum and say, please give money, right? It's as simple as that. You're, you're donating money to programs. And it's not just athletics. It's, it's the library. It's the right. business school. So it's fun to watch because you can go to the website, edu/slash slash 603 and see the dashboard. And I don't want to jinx anything, but invariably the two programs, university wide that are neck and neck and total unique gifts, meaning how many people donate, whether it's 10 bucks or a thousand, UNH football and UNH skiing. And huh. to, to see those two kind of go neck and neck, it's been a lot of fun. and I know today Ryan Day, who everyone knows as the former Manchester Central quarterback who played at UNH and now is coaching Ohio State, he has pledged if football gets to 300 unique donors first ahead of everybody else, He's throwing in fifteen thousand dollars. Wow, so it's it's really neat to see all the people who jump in and give these challenges. and yeah. it's across the board, and it's it's five days of like, let's go and yeah. the 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 bottom line is these are needed funds, as we talk about it, with with um, scholarships, salaries in some cases, but just the operational costs with all the other challenges. There's been no ticket revenue, as we know all year long. So the programs need the support more than ever. And each year, the the giving has gone better than the year before, which was really remarkable a year ago, guys, because it was in May of 2020. And think about how many people were furloughed or out of work and just didn't know what the next day was going to bring. And yet they still found time to uh, be philanthropic towards UNH teams. Here in April of 2021, even though we started with the bad news, with football being canceled for the rest of the spring i think we all can agree we feel hey there's there's the light at the end of the tunnel oh,
2: yeah. i was just checking out that uh first game in the fall is going to be september 4th at stony brook and the first home game is going to be september 11th against Towson. so i guess we can circle calendars now
0: yep exactly
2: yes and you know president dean
1: has already said this as far as the college is concerned the, the plan is to be fully open not remote classes. The plan is to be, come back to college, live in your dorms, go to class, have the college experience, which people have been robbed of thanks to COVID over the last uh, 13 months. Our plan with athletics is the same thing right now. Come back, we'll be fun, we'll be safe. We'll have whatever the guidelines are. We want people to be able to return the outdoor venue, the passion, or excuse me, the pageantry that comes with UNH football. And there'll be some changes
2: of mm-hmm. course
1: but yeah by September 11th when Towson comes in the idea is let's have ourselves a real uh, football opening day and that, that schedule includes James Madison coming in for homecoming October 2nd we have Dartmouth back in the schedule for the first time in years the 16th uh, we ha- we play Richmond right before Halloween so a little spider theme coming up on uh, <laughs> the 30th of October and then of course Maine the battle for the musket will be in right. Durham as well so good, I, can't good. I can't wait I for
0: Season. I look forward to that game.
1: <laughs> of course. And then, you know, that's around the time of the high school championships should be back at Wildcat stadium too. It always coincides end of the year, late November, you know, the things that we, that want, we want them to feel right, not feel like we're in a dream like we had.
0: Well, the administration, I've got to give kudos to the administration at UNH. You know, they were proactive having, you know, the state of the art technology set up to test the students and, and the, the faculty. And I know even, Sam and, and yours truly went through the testing to, to be able to go to that one game that we did against Albany. Um, the fact is that, uh, I hope come fall. We don't have to go through all that because people will do what we've done. All three of us have had our, our vaccinations and, uh, and everybody does the right thing and gets, gets themselves taken care of so that we can open this thing up, just open it up a bit and make it more calm and, and relaxing for the people who would love to be at the games, especially <laughs> that was the worst part.
1: Yes. I, 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 it's funny you're, you bring that up uh, because there are still people now and it, it's, it looks weird. Uh, you know, I'm at a soccer game and they've, UNH has allowed students to come to the games now. Limited, social distance, no hand tickets. It's all digital. You have to claim in advance and recap it at a certain number. But just getting people back into Wildcat Stadium has been great because there's a little bit of a feeling we didn't have even for that football game you referenced. And at the same time, there are people sitting in the parking lot who can't come in, probably parents, things like that. Mm -hmm. And some are upset. Most get it. You know, the university's commitment to the safety protocols and you guys had a million questions because you know how many hoops you had to jump through just to get into your own little bubble. Hopefully you felt safe when you were there. Sure did. And, you know, you're in the, and the testing has I feel blessed to have the testing guys. I don't want to go through all the details again, but if not for working at UNH, I might have infected my entire family with COVID for Christmas because I had that testing protocol. I was able to find out I was positive isolate cancel even wasn't going to be a big gathering there were going to be some family members of course for christmas day we were able to postpone nobody else got sick i was able to recover if not for working there and going through all those tests Mm. it it easily could have been missed you know because unfortunately the virus will spring up on you i still don't know how i got it um or how i didn't spread it but these mysteries that last forever
0: I think we can all agree. I don't think any of us want to shove a Q-tip up our nose ever again. I mean, that, that's, that's, I, I hope if they do have to continue testing, they come up with a better thing than the Q-tip up the nose routine. That was, well, anyway, I'm glad that we were able to do one game. However, disappointed, obviously that we couldn't, uh, couldn't come back and, and uh, finish the season off at home uh, and and have fans in the stands. Sam, did you have your two minute drill ready? Well,
2: you know, I, I think, uh, I think I just, just a couple of things to wrap up. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the NCAA basketball championship game uh, between Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, I really thought that uh, in the semifinal, when uh, Baylor was victorious, that uh, they did a nice job. And I really thought Gonzaga, when they hit that last second shot, they were going to come out with a lot more emotion than they did in the championship game. I was really shocked how easily Baylor beat Gonzaga in that championship game but uh, I'm not uh, I think a lot of those players are going to do very very well in the NFL I uh, checked that NBA uh, the uh, the baseball season first week of the baseball season um, oh. I was able to watch a lot of baseball because I get the major league baseball extra innings packet and watched all over the country watch some of the games a lot of the games went to extra innings and I'm still trying to sort out the runner at second base and extra inning rule Mm. and whether I like it or not. Um, I'm not going to say I don't like it and I'm not going to say I like it. I am going to say that it certainly increases the tension when you get to that 10th inning. Certainly uh, relievers must hate it to come in, have to come in with that runner on second base. And I'm shocked at how many teams still get up there and swing for the fences with that runner at second base and, don't have that first guy just automatically move that runner to third base for a sacrifice fly. And I don't understand that. So, again, I'm going to give it another month or so, uh, and I will report back here on the Seacoast Sports Forum as to whether I give a thumbs up to the runner on second base in extra innings.
0: Now, Mike, before you do your two minute drill, I was going to ask you, and I, I had it on my list of things to ask you did uh, the college basketball, uh, did you do well in your bracket, <laughs> your March Madness bracket? <laughs>
1: Um, I guess, yes, because I didn't fill one out. Uh, I, I just, I just followed Syracuse as far as they could go. And it was good to get them into the second weekend. It's so much fun when you know, your favorite team gets through the first weekend. Cause there's a lot of smack talk. You talk to your buddies again, and then and invariably they, they lost to a really talented Houston team, but I did enjoy, you know, that, that UCLA Gonzaga game. I find myself enjoying it more when I don't have any skin in the game. You know, I'm not yeah. like, Oh, I need them to win because they're in my bracket right? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's very few more boring conversations with people, I find, than how their fantasy team is doing.
2: Don't talk to Sherm about fantasy. He loves fantasy. And I'm against <laughs> it. So, so I hate fantasy guys.
1: I was one for many years. I'm, I'm, I'm a recovering fantasy <laughs> addict, you know, trying to tell somebody, oh my gosh, I had him in my fantasy league. You know, no one wants to hear oh. it.
0: Well, you're too yeah. minute a drill, sir. <laughs>
1: Well, I want to go baseball, I guess. Sam got me excited. And like him, I'll watch a lot of games uh, around the country. And watching the Texas Rangers home games so far, I'm looking at them going, is this real? Am I watching a game from five years ago? So I, I go from being horrified to being hopeful. Texas, I hope you're right. I hope people don't get sick. I want that to be our future if it's a year from now or six months from now. So I'm glad baseball is back. I missed it so badly last year when the world was all about, uh, I don't know what we were doing a year ago, the Michael Jordan series. We acted like it was a greatest thing in the world. And a Joe Exotic's name came into my brain. I don't want to ever think about Tiger King again. I'd rather watch the masters and baseball and, and enjoy what we can.
0: Yeah, well, amen to that, brother. And you also, I wanted to, this is my two minute drill. I brought up the podcast, uh, the Seaco Sports Forum. So, folks that are, you know, driving to work can, can listen to our conversations uh, at their convenience. And I want to mention you have the Wildcast. So, Mike Murphy is the host of the Wildcast. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh, well, the UNH Wildcast is a podcast that's completely about UNH athletics. Once a week, we talk to coaches, student athletes, alums, um, we ask for ratings. Five stars only. If you don't give five stars, it says more about you than it you, does about me.
0: I used that at the last show we just did. And that's going to, I'm going to remind people, thank you for joining us on the podcast version of the show. And uh, I, I said to Sam, last time we went international on our March Madness redemption show. It just was, it, it went through the roof. I couldn't picture it. We're getting countries I've never heard of.
1: <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked me, uh, how are we doing? I said, well, let's see. We were the 400,000th best podcast two weeks ago and now we're 298,000 and they believe me. Oh, we moved up a hundred thousand spots. I said, I don't know. There's a million podcasts out there, but if it's, you know, like for, for this, if you enjoy New Hampshire and sports, I think it's an enjoyable listen. I've I've enjoyed right. it because I've gotten to know a lot more kids on different teams than I would have mm-hmm. as a result of just talking to them for 15, 20 minutes a week. And it's been great.
0: Well, It's, it's fun, just something to kind of keep keep connected with the communities and and the state and, uh, and who knows, you know, we'll, we'll expand it as we go along, but right now it's fun just to, just to do what we're doing have a, have a friendly conversation with people like, uh, like we have today, the, uh, and I'll give you your title again, the associate athletic director of marketing and communications, Mike Murphy, who's always a friend on the show. And uh, I, uh, I will say, we'll mark our calendars for September 4th. That's Stony Brook when the UNH Wildcats hit the field And uh, then uh, September 11th, that's the first home game, right? That's against Towson. And uh, I think we'll see that we'll have a big crowd that day. We'll get them all pumped up. In the meantime, like I said, get get people thinking vaccination, and we'll get back to a normal world hopefully here in a few months. So on behalf of Sam Bruno and our special guest, Mike Murphy, this is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us on the next edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seco Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seco Sports Forum.